Hey, this is Big Skinny with the Podshake Studio in Fort Worth, Texas. Thanks for tuning in to If Not For Music. We've got a very special guest tonight, all the way from Adelaide, Australia. That's Southern Australia. And he is with the Heinley Street Country Club. Well over 850,000 subscribers at this time with millions and millions of views on YouTube. They have 305 videos uploaded at this time. We're gonna sit down with founder and producer, Condello. It's all coming your way on this episode of If Not For Music. This is Big Skinny with a Podshake Studio in Fort Worth, Texas. Have you been wanting to start a podcast but just don't know where to start? We can surely help you with that. We can help you get everything from your opening and closing music to editing services, and we can even put your podcast on the major platforms where it can be heard by the masses. All you have to do is shoot me an email, thepodshakestudio at gmail.com. That's thepodshakestudio at gmail.com. Let us see what we can do for you and help you get your podcast started in 2023. Once again, email me, thepodshakestudio at gmail.com. That's thepodshakestudio at gmail.com. Hey, y'all, this is Big Skinny with the Podshake Studio in Fort Worth, Texas. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. He's with the Heinley Street Country Club. He is the founder and producer of the Heinley Street Country Club. And if you guys haven't seen any of these this group's videos, you're really missing out. These guys have millions and millions of views on YouTube. They have over 850,000 subscribers at this time. And I think I counted 304 videos that you guys have out. Is that correct? Hey, Kenny, and hey to everyone in America and especially in the great state of Texas. Have you ever been to Texas, Con? Well, I haven't, but I've had a lot of inquiries from um, uh, individuals out of Texas wanting us to come and do shows there, and none of, none of them have just panned out just 100%, but it's, I think it's only a matter of time. In Texas next to um, uh, California, Vegas, and Florida is our biggest American market. Can't wait to get there. Really, I just want to come there and eat ribs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our specialty here. That's one of the things I do is I love to cook outside, cooking outdoors. Fantastic! It's, it, it's a lot of fun. Barbecue is a big thing here in Texas. Uh, what is, what is it like in Australia for the barbecue? It, it's like it's it's a rite of passage for most men, but not like. Not, no, no one barbecues like the Americans, especially the Texans. So we're all chomping a bit to have some beers and some ribs. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do love our ribs. I just had some ribs today, as a matter of fact. I had some barbecue today for lunch. <laughs> we have a little. We have a little barbecue shack down the street from uh, my full time job, and uh, we eat there quite often. But what's what's a, what's a barbecue shack? Um, it's just a it's just a little barbecue place. We just call it a little barbecue uh, restaurant. It's just a little shack. Uh, oh, really, great. really friendly owners. They they do a great job with their barbecue. But uh, you come to Texas, I'll take you for some ribs, man. Oh man, <laughs> so tell me, how did you guys get started in this? I know that um, it blew up a lot bigger than what you ever thought it would blow up. It did. Yeah, we um, I I 
basically put together just some players that I knew that were good players, strong players, and just you know recorded some some well-known tunes. And then uh, I used to really, really muck around with the arrangements a lot, change them up here and there. I still do that, and that's what probably is the point of difference with with HSCC. But it started out quite innocuously, just doing some songs and putting it out on YouTube. We did it every week, and then one week became two, four, and eight. And then COVID hit, and all of a sudden there were a lot of people at home, Kenny, and you know, there's only so much work you can do from home when you're locked in. And some of our COVID restrictions here in Australia were just awful, unnecessarily awful. So um, what ended up happening is we released songs every week, and I was certainly catering to a certain demographic, and it was that, you know, 45 to 65 and it started out very yacht rocky, but um, for any of our fans, they will know that a, not, the overwhelming majority of our songs are American. That's the, the American music uh, culture and history is what has affected me musically more than anything else. So everything was going along and we were putting songs out here and there, nothing much. You know, they would just get some, like every other band on YouTube or project on YouTube, your views are a bit sporadic, some good, not, some not so good, just depending. But then we released just the two of us and then Bill Withers passed away about two weeks later. So that combined with his passing and people searching songs of his, and then the song just went mad. It just went crazy. And then I just thought, as a result, because we picked up all these new fans, they then went back through some of our earlier stuff and, and stayed on. And I hate to use the term viral, but uh, HSCC went viral. Like, you know, because you don't think that. It happens to young people, you know? Yeah. I put a video of their cat online doing a somersault when it gets 30 million views, you know, whereas our age group is a little bit more discerning. So it was, um, it wasn't until my daughter said to me, she said, you know, dad, she said, you guys have got a lot of views. And I went, what, what do you mean, baby? She said, well, you got like, you know, a hundred million views. I said, is that good? Is it? And only then it dawned upon me that, you know, we were onto something even though I was getting told by all and sundry that it's great, it's popular, but you don't really, you don't really think I'm, I'm so deep in it, Kenny, that I don't see the forest for the trees. And then sometimes you, you know, I'm a head down backside up kind of guy, just work, work, work. And then you've got no time to look around, you know, and sometimes you come up for air and say, geez, man, that, that really is a lot of views and we've affected a lot of people in many, many positive ways. Well, so, I think yeah. I think it affects you in a positive way too, because if I, if you're if I'm watching that video of you playing the bass guitar, it looks mm. like you're having a blast. I mean, you're just bouncing around, and you're just you're. It, it, that's what it looks like. You're having a blast doing it. Kenny, it's a it's a gift from God Himself <laughs> to be at, at my age and be musically relevant, and for all the guys in the band too to actually be musically relevant again. You know, we're all, with the exception of Jordan, he's only, he's the the baby of the baby of the project. He's 28 or something. You know. Myself, Danny, Brad, Dave, they're all, you know, we're, in our, we're men in our 50s. I mean, I'm a, Danny and I are grandfathers. So so when you say 50s, how far into your 50s are you? I'm 56. All right, man. It's me too. I'll be 57 in October. Then we have to have ribs. <laughs> we'll have some celebratory ribs. <laughs> celebratory. That's, that's like I got to go. I got to go to uh, Australia and get me some shrimp on the old Barbie. Yeah, that's overrated. <laughs> So how did you get started in music? I started playing drums initially, and then I just, for some reason, you know, I'm a firm believer that um, things in life call you. You think that you're in control or you're not. It calls you. So music called me, and I went with it. 
And then I went for some reason, just I just gravitated to bass. I don't know, I don't even know why. But then started playing bass like you do as a young guy, really hungry and you're know, working gigs around town. And back then I was doing, you know, six, seven gigs a week. And then because I didn't want to stay in the same town my whole life, I then made forays into China and the Middle East. And so I took bands all over the world, organising them and playing in them. And I, I believe that in the big picture was a, a, a big part of HSCC's success was I've played so many songs in so many different countries to so many different people from all over the world. I had a fair idea of what people wanted to listen to rather than doing what other online bands do. They just throw a song out there with no integrity whatsoever, just trying to get views. I think the minute you do that, you're finished. You've got to keep the integrity. And so doing all those thousands and thousands of gigs has shaped the repertoire of HSCC for sure. And it's all, I've just always worked, Kenny, you know, always worked. What is it like going into these other countries where say English is not their primary language and you're singing these songs and you're getting a reaction from these fans. Maybe they don't even understand what you're singing, but they love the songs. Dude, I'll tell you, that's a great question. If I ever have to play hotel California again, it won't be a day too soon. Like, I've been in China where they don't can't speak the language. This is back in the 90s when they were still a lot of them were still wearing the Chairman Mao outfits, getting around on bikes, you know. And I spent a few years in China working for the Hard Rock Cafe. Couldn't speak English, but I tell you, they knew every word and every note of the solo in Hotel California. And because they're guests, they come up the front, and they'd say, "Can you play Hotel California?" So you play. And there were times I was playing it five and six times a night. And that thing's a seven, eight minute opus, you know. It's like, oh. Like, they know they're, they're a lot more conversant about Western music than we are about theirs. I've heard a Spanish version of, uh, or a Mexican version of Hotel California. Yeah. You know, and if I didn't know the lyrics, you know, I would be like, well, I love this song. It sounds great, but I have no idea what it means. Correct. But, uh, it's, uh, it's really cool to, to be able to stand in front of all these people, all these different countries and sing. I've done gigs to the Chinese. I've done gigs in the Middle East to Arabs. I've done gigs to uh, the Indians. All, all over the place, Japanese, and they know it, man. They know it. Songs like that, big songs of their day, especially the seventies and eighties stuff that people that are there now, my age, grow up on it. And well, they're the ones that can afford to go out and, and buy a ticket to see our shows in a lot of those countries. How many different dialects are there in Australia, as far as like when you go, you guys go out to tour? Just just one primary English, and that's it. Yeah, we we only we only sing in English. We've, done, we've recorded a couple a couple of songs, one in in Portuguese, like just a, a little bit of a song in Portuguese. That, Belinda sang, but um, that, that's about it, really. We just we're, we're we're effectively a bunch of Aussies playing the best of your music. Yeah, you guys had some great music too. I mean, there's a lot of great bands come from come from from Australia. A Little River yeah. Band was a great one. Yeah, uh, yes, the Little River Band in excess, Men at Work, Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil. They were they were from there. I mean, that's just you had a lot of great music come from there. Yeah, we do. Our, our music culture back from back then is steeped in live gigs. All those bands like In Excess, Midnight Oil, Air Supply did a lot and a lot of gigs here in, in pubs and clubs and yep. owned them. So by the time they got to the States, there weren't like a lot of American bands that don't really do a lot of gigs, but get signed off the strength of a good song, hit the road, and they're not really road sharp. You know what I mean? We're Australian bands. That's, that's not like that. You know, you're watching your videos and it seems like, Every video, you've got a different lead singer. How do you guys decide who's going to sing lead for what song? I pick all the players and pick the songs and the arrangements and the production and the singers. So what I do is, depending on what song we're doing, is dependent on who I use. But I've used a lot of singers. 
a lot of singers, some that I won't use anymore and some that I'll continue to use, some new ones that are coming in because there's a, there's a misunderstanding that some people think that HSCC is a band. It's actually not a band at all. It's a, it's a project. It's a guild. It's a collective of, of uh, musicians that I bring in and out. But that means when you've got so many different people, you can't, you can't take the whole lot of them out on the road because it'd be cast of thousands. So I've got a touring lineup and then I've got a, uh, a recording lineup that depending on the songs. So we've got some songs coming out. Um, well, this week we're releasing uh, a foreigner song and it's a real rocker. So I bring Danny in for that. Uh, if I've got something that's more female orientated, then I've got, you know, Kat or Belinda currently, or if it's something like the Phil Collins one we did last week, Jordan, that requires a real high range. You know, I, I'm very fortunate that, not only can all these guys sing and that they're local and available, but um, like they're, they're really talented people. Who was the gentleman that sang the lead on the, uh, the David Coverdale song, the White Snake song? That's Danny Lopresto. That dude's voice. I mean, when I heard his version of that song, I'm like, man, that's freaking spot on. Yeah, he can sing his ass off. He really, really can. <laughs> that guy's really and good. That, that's really, he's a real chameleon because he can sing anything from smooth yacht rock right up to the harder stuff. Like when he sang, we did a version of the Who's Who Are You the other yeah, week. Yeah, that was great. Just heard that. Yeah, man, I was just getting inundated with with people saying, man, the guy can like, can sing anything. And then you got someone like Jordan doing, you know, Live and Let Die, which requires, you know, a range. and But a lot of it's delivery. But what you said earlier on is exactly right. I don't think I've ever done one session of the 300 plus or whatever it is thereabouts. And even the live gigs where everyone isn't just happy to be there they're happy to be there and now because it's got so big kenny i've got a real long list now of people that call me regularly they'd love to come and sing with that and, and some of them are like a well-known names too like established names here in australia so it's it's a really good problem to have and we're blessed we really are so I, the version you guys did of layla Mm. Uh, you know, you, I know you change your arrangements up, but one of the things I love that you guys did on that at the very end of that, how you put the fuzz on those guitars and just fuzzed them out. Yeah. I thought, well, man, that is that that gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that freaking gave me goosebumps when I heard that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know, that's just a different touch, a different spin on that song. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what what I'm trying to do is is not take away too much from the song, but I like to tip my cap and pay respect to the song, and I just like put a modern twist on it. And the weird thing is if you were to go and see um, Clapton do that song and he all, he uses like the creme de la creme of musicians, they play that song out on the road, you know, three or four nights a week for six, seven months. They change it up. They'll change a chord here and there. They have some fun with it. And that's, that's all, all that, all that we really do. But on that track, Dusty that sang that track really, really brought it too. He, he just had oh, yeah. that, he had that voice that that track required. And probably one of the, one of HSCC's greatest strengths is that I've been fortunate enough to get the right people to sing the right song. So I listened to Dusty singing that song. And when we recorded, we knew it was... Sometimes when you record these songs, Kenny, you just know that they just there's something about them that just, oh, this one feels good. There's something different about this one as opposed to the rest. And Dusty brought it. Then we had, the, we had the three guitars, you know, all playing a strap and the harmony bit at the end. And there's that beautiful the piano bit, the interlude at the end, that's like out of the scene of Goodfellas, I think, the final scene that really it's oh, yeah, man. And yet, yet that song doesn't make our live rap. Wow. Should. Yep, should. That's a great song. Yeah. But then so you, you got guys, 300 
write songs, and then what, which ones do you pick? <laughs> yeah. You guys are starting your tour. You're going to start a tour this weekend, right? You're heading out on tour? We fly out tomorrow, yeah. We fly out tomorrow. So how long How long are you guys going to be on the road? It's only a short one. We do, I think we're at five weeks. We're out. We've got, we're in um, Western Australia t- on Saturday night. It's great that the first night of the tour is a sellout, which is great. Then we fly across the country to Melbourne. It's like you're going Sydney, like going LA to New York. You know, it's coast to coast. So, um, yes, we're fortunate. And then we've, um, I'm currently dealing with some overseas people at the moment. There's a real big push currently to get us over to you guys. Well, we'd love to have you. What is yeah. what is the what is the cultural difference between northern and southern Australia? Is there any kind of? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Well, southern northern Australia is tropical. So, and it's it, it's like you know, well, it's just tropical. It's hot and humid. Southern is colder, but in terms of the culture, it's very it's very very laid back up the north. Super laid back, and that, that's because it's a heat thing. And then in the south, that's where the bigger cities are. You know, Melbourne, Sydney, and it's a bit more a uh, bit more a bit more cultural, a bit more a lot of high rise. Not not unlike any other other country so have you been accepted pretty widely in the northern uh part of your your country yes we 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 are so blessed that see in australia it's the hardest place to get accepted everyone everyone goes away like air supply like in excess in excess were were popular but when they broke america they came back here and it was crazy so australia's a bit um they're not they're not the first to embrace you like uh australia's only 2.4 percent of our market kenny so it gives you an indication of yeah. how we are around the rest of the world. Well, that ought to tell you that the people are really wanting to see you. You know, yeah. I would, I, I personally, I've, I've been in radio for a long time and uh, you know, I was never really a, a huge cover band guy. I mean, I've, I've saw some great Beatle cover bands and I've seen a lot of cover bands over the years. Cause we'd go to, you know, have to bring people on stage and that, whatever, but you guys, Y'all, y'all bring it to a different level. Y'all bring the, the whole thing to a different level. I'm not just looking at a cover band. I'm looking at, at artists. I'm looking at, at musicians. I'm looking mm. at singers, you know, and and, and songwriters, because you're putting your own spin on it. You're not just singing the song, you know, you're not doing a karaoke version of it. You guys are putting your own spin on it. Plenty of, there's plenty of those, those kinds of people online. We've got a few here in Australia. They just, it, the cruise ship, you know. I don't, uh, I, I refuse to do that. If you're going to copy a song note perfect, why Why not, as a, as a viewer, why not just listen to the original? Right, right. That's kind of the way I feel, you know, I, I, a lot of these yeah. times I, I bring these artists on, you know, this show, and I'm like, I'm not going to ask them the same old questions over and over again that everybody else is asking them because they can go somewhere else and get those questions answered. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be a little different. I agree. I mean, I don't, I get a lot, a lot of requests for sh- shows like yours. Uh, I probably get one every, you know, 10, 10, 12 days. You come on the show and rah, rah, rah. And um, when I, when I got your, your message, I did a bit of, bit of digging and I thought, Hey, this guy, this guy is, uh, meaning you is, is very, it's, you're very, you're, you're our kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? You, you, there's a, a lot of integrity in your show and what you do and how you do it. Well, I, I enjoy that. I, I look at people as people, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. And we want to be treated like people, you know, that's, that's mm. kind of the way I look at, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I, I can respect you for your, for your work and you can respect me for my work, but that don't mean you have to hold me to a high standard just because, you know, you're a popular guy or I'm a popular guy or whatever. I want everybody to be treated as equal. You know what I mean? I, I, I agree. 
I totally agree. Every, everybody is 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 a human, you know. We we treat everybody with respect. Speaking of humans, who was some of your favorite influences growing up in music? Earth, Wind, and Fire, Toto. Toto, um, that's my favorite of all time. Oh man, yeah, Toto. Um, a lot of Benson. Uh, I, I grew up more on the um, the the Black Soul stuff, the the, the real groovy stuff like that. Um, a lot of the LA, that era of 78 to 84, you know, that whole session band era, the Yacht yeah. Rock era, that's the stuff that I really dug. That's what, and it, a lot of Al Jarreau. So it's, it's, I've been really fortunate over the years. I've met a lot of these guys that I grew up listening to. And it's always, you know, I, I look back when I was a kid and my very first album that I think I ever bought as, as a child was England Dan and John Ford Coley. Um, you, you familiar oh, with them? No. Yeah. Check out, check out some of that seventies rock. They're, they're really good. They're kind of, they're, they're really good. But anyway, so that was like the very first thing I ever bought. And, you know, years down the road, here I am sitting with this guy, talking with him, chatting with him, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, who, who would have ever thought that, you know, if somebody told me that years ago, you know, you raise a really interesting point there because, um, I'm a, I'm a big believer in faith and, and serendipity and destiny and, Everything that you did that you did say 30 or 40 years ago, Kenny, has led you to where you are today. And nothing is nothing happens inconsequentially. It just doesn't. Hmm. And had you said to me 30, 35 years ago, I'd be playing the songs that I want to play for once, as opposed to having to play songs that people want to hear when you're out in the pubs and club land. And here we are, you know, 35 years later, whatever it is, you know, 40 years later, and I'm playing the stuff I want to play and getting a lot of times kudos from the actual actual people themselves who I grew up listening to saying, hey, man, love your version of my song. And that, that's just really, it's really, really gratifying. Like, it's really gratifying. That is and great. When these guys are calling yeah. you, these artists are calling you saying they really like yeah. your version of it. That is, yeah. that is like, that is the most gratifying thing there's got to be, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is, you know. I've got yeah. a message from, uh, as a bass player, you know, you've got your, your, half a dozen guys that have shaped who you played, you know, and one of those guys for me, because of the stuff that he played on was Lee Sklar. And uh, he wrote to us, he wrote to me on just three or four days. I was sitting on the lounge. Well, you guys call it the couch, sitting on the couch. And <laughs> man, I get this message coming. He says, big thumbs up from Lee Sklar for this, that this Phil Collins track we did last week. I was like, I thought, nah, I thought one of those guys that you know, they're, they're shitting you saying, oh, they, your own handle, but it was actually yeah. him. And I was like, wow, like was myself, it was a bit surreal. I watch everything this guy does, you know, I've, I've followed his career. He's one of the half a dozen guys that, yeah, it, it, life's got a real weird way of sorting you out. I think and, and that mo- at that moment you read those things or when Christopher Cross wrote to us and said, great job on, on, on my song. And we did ride like the wind. He loved because we changed the chords in it and mucked around with the um, arrangement, things like that. And you know, Mick Fleetwood said we were sim- called it simply fabulous. And uh, Russell Hitchcock from Air Supply paid a really nice compliment. It's Paddy Smythe. Who else is it? Um, it has been a lot of them. And, That's you, awesome, man. And you think, Kenny, because you're, you're, you're recording somewhere, like we record at the moment, if we're not in a studio, we record on, on the dance floor of a, of a, of a big club in Adelaide here in South Australia. We actually record on the dance floor. 
and you're recording on the dance floor. You're not thinking you're doing anything. Like you're playing a track and it's great and you're hoping that the, the public will like it. And then you realise later, like there's a lot of people watching the stuff that that are really quite influential, but you don't know it until they pop their head up and say, hey. So it's the reach, the reach can never be understated, you know? You know, that's that's the whole gamble with music, in, the whole music yeah. industry. There's a lot of guys that have put out music thinking this is going to be the hit record and it doesn't do anything. And then they got one song that, you know, they, they didn't even want to put that song out. And that's the one that yeah. made it big. That is fantastic that you say that. And let me tell you why. When we were recording, you know, I, I think to myself, um, you know, this song, I think the song's going to do really, really well. And no, it doesn't. <laughs> Cric crickets, crickets. Crickets, yeah. And then you'll do something that you think, well, that's nice. You know, it's just, it'll, it'll be another one in the catalog. And it just goes, boom. You just, like, you just don't know. Just the two of us. Great tune. I, I love the version you guys did. In fact, it was one of those ones I was listening to me gave me the goosebump factor of 10. The guy did a really good job. But yes, would you have thought that would have been the one that would like no lit the whole thing up? No way. Yeah. I mean, there's a million tunes out there that people would have thought, well, that would be the one that would be the, the yeah. showstopper. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, finding, I'm finding with with our with our our market currently, Kenny. If we do some British stuff like Live and Let Die or Phil Collins or um, The Who or even some of the '80s stuff like Duran Duran, because we run the whole gamut, it, it it does okay. It does okay, but it's that American stuff that HSCC is known for. That's the stuff that works. I, I feel like some Def Leppard would do you some good, man. Yeah, but I'm concerned, and that's an interesting point. I thought about doing some Def Leppard, but um, it's because they're such an iconic band, they've had so many massive iconic hits. I kind of feel, unless you've got all the poodle rock hair going on and stuff, you're going to get because they've got very loyal fan bases. Oh yeah, very. And we did we did a version of of, of a Kiss song, and you got to be real careful because in the threads you get a lot of people like get, hating on you. How dare you do a rearrangement of this song? It's not like the original. You're not Paul Stanley. You're not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You got those haters with any kind of thing you do. It's a, uh, who cares if you're not Paul Stanley? Who cares if you're not Gene Simmons? You're out there having a good time, man. Kenny, the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. Make you feel like, or their comments that you're, you're not this, you're not that. Man, you're just living rent-free in their head. That's yeah. all. Yeah, just uh, just let it go roll off for you like water on the duck's back. You know, it ain't no big thing. What about Dreamweaver, Gary Wright? That'd be a great one. Good song. That's that's definitely in our wheelhouse. That's that's a that's a great tune right there. And uh, man, uh, he just passed away here this last weekend. It's very sad. And uh, I tell you, man, I, I got a story about him. I, I did an interview with him several years back, probably around two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and. Uh, he, he had a new album coming out and I had sent him a request like two, three weeks ahead of time. Say, Hey, if you got something new, let me know so I can make sure we promote it. Cause it was back before the days of being able to just download music on the fly. But anyway, I got him on the line. We had him on the line for about 10 minutes. And when he found out we couldn't get his new album up, he, he hung up on me. What? <laughs> yeah. He just hung up the phone on me, man. Dropped the line on me. Really? Yeah. And I, I, I said, Hey man, can you send it to me? You know, two weeks before and yes, nothing yes. crickets, crickets got nothing. Crickets. Got nothing, man. And then on the day of the, the the interview, he's like, he gets on the phone. He says, "Hey, do you have my new album?" I'm like, "Dude, I didn't even know you had a new album." This, you know, this was 2010. I, you know, I'd been following him real closely. He hadn't done nothing in a long time, so I wasn't like 
you know, just like knew he had something new out, but uh, he had something new out and I didn't know about it. And he hung up on me when he found out I couldn't play it. <laughs> so that's always going to be a little friendly story, but you know, it was a, that's, that's what, that's the chances you take. But we, like I said, I enjoy what I do. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes you run into some people that are very arrogant and cocky because of what they've done before in the past, you know, but and as good as your last gig, Kenny. Yeah. You just, you just roll with it, man. Mm. So you got you got a video coming out this weekend. Well, by this time tomorrow, it'll be out. Yeah, it'll be yes. out this time tomorrow. Some foreigner. Do you know what's the name of the song? Uh, we've we've reworked. It feels like the first time. Oh, great tune. Yeah, great tune. Yeah, Danny's really, Danny's really delivered on it. We release a song every Friday, brother. We've not missed one in almost six years now. Next month it'll be six years that we've not. No, November we six years that we've not missed a Friday. Ever, ever, or well, Thursday night, your time. And if a song makes a little bit of money off of YouTube and so forth, that's great. But the overwhelming majority, the lion's share of any money that comes down from ad revenue goes to the songwriter, as it should. That's good. As it should. Well, brother, I tell you, I appreciate what you're doing. I enjoy what you're doing. I know there's millions of people that enjoy what you're doing because you're getting all those views. It's, it's You're doing it for something, man. And, uh, what I really appreciate is you're appealing to the age group that I'm in because that is to me is where the best music was. Everybody the keeps best, going back to the it. Best new music is old music. Yeah. Everybody keeps going back to the eighties, seventies and eighties music. So I really, I'm digging it, man. Thanks Kenny. I really, I really appreciate that. But I've got to tell you of all the places in America that, um, that we're popular and I get all the, the analytics and graphs of where we're popular in America, man, I've got to tell you, Texas is where we really, really want to get to ASAP. Been very, very close a couple of times. Very close. Well, all I got to say is if you get down in this area, you got my phone number. You know how to give me a call. We'll, we'll, we'll meet Why up. You check? Uh, yeah, I'll show you where all the good places are around here anyway. Indeed, indeed. Cowtown, baby. You got to come to Fort Worth. <laughs> Fort Worth, that's where it's happening. Stay away from Dallas. Stay away from Houston. Come to Fort Worth. Fort Worth it is. Take care, brother. Thank Thanks. you, Kenny all your listeners i'm glad that they're supporting your great great show me too me too <laughs> i appreciate you coming on today man have a good thank night you. and y'all be safe on your tour okay indeed thank you take care brother